Over the last several years, we have surrounded ourselves with technology to make our lives easier, to make them fuller, to make them more convenient. But there's a group of people that has really been largely left out of that process, and that's our seniors. In a lot of ways, they're the ones who could use that help the most. Well, that's beginning to change. Hello and welcome to DataPoint, the podcast that's about all the ways that data and analytics are driving innovation in healthcare today. I'm your host, Greg Matthews, and our guest on the show today is David Inns, the CEO of Great Call. Some of you may know Great Call because they made a name for themselves back in 2006, launching a phone product called the Jitterbug. It was a flip phone that was designed specifically for seniors that had bigger buttons and an easier to read display, and it was a huge hit. Well, fast forward 13 years, and Great Call has gone way beyond the jitterbug, although that's still a popular item. They've now created a remote monitoring system and a connected home system called the Lively Home. It's using advanced artificial intelligence and predictive analytics to help really enrich the life of a senior without disrupting the life of that senior. What's really unusual in this space as well is that David has been with the company since its inception in 2006. And so he has a tremendous perspective on what the past, present, and future of telehealth can hold for us. Hold on to your hats. Get ready for this interview with the CEO of Great Call, David Inns. David, thanks so much for being with us on the DataPoint podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to somebody who has actually been with their organization for more than a few years. And uh, I'm guessing that you've probably seen a few changes at Great Call in the, what, 13 plus years that you've been there. Can you help us out just at at the start here by giving our listeners a little bit of context and background as to how you came to be at Great Call and, you know, maybe walk us through some of the timeline of that 13 years? Yeah, that, uh, it's really quite an interesting story, actually. So I was originally an electrical engineer and was in consulting and then was an executive at a, at a telecom company, a large telecom company running a P&L there. When uh, I was approached by somebody to talk to this uh, older couple who had um, come up with the idea for helping develop technologies more specifically for seniors that were being left behind in the world of technology. And uh, at the time, my father was uh, actually really in advanced issues with cancer, and I'd had some experience with caregiving and had seen firsthand some of the issues, um, you know, that my parents were having with technology and not being able to use it to help in some of the ways that I think it could have helped them with their health care and with taking advantage of other services that were becoming available through technology. So, uh, and it's actually, my mom's 93 right now and still driving. Um, so it's really a, a great story on her part. But so I went down to uh, San Diego to help get this company started and raise all the capital. And I guess the first, uh, the first funny story, or I guess it wasn't funny at the time, but we, um, we actually raised two $40 million rounds. And just as the first one was running out, we managed to close the second one. And it was literally in uh, August of 2008. 
Oh if you can believe it. And if you all remember what happened in September 2008, if we were more than four weeks late closing that round, or even three weeks, I believe, mm. um, Lehman Brothers went bankrupt, and we probably would not be having this conversation here today. So That is a very narrow that was thing. Kind of, uh, and it was a very narrow thing, and it's funny how that typically works in, you know, in the startup environment like that. So, mm. um, you know, and aside from that, there's just been so many changes in the company. When we were first started, people might remember us as doing, uh, you know, the jitterbug cell phone. And, mm-hmm. um, but uh, very early on, we started really experimenting with providing, once we had the connectivity with seniors, providing them with additional services that we could, they could get access to now that we had them connected and engaged uh, with the technology. And that was when we really realized we were onto something big. We started offering access to nurses and doctors through the phone uh, for a very reasonable monthly fee. Then we started layering in uh, emergency response services, which were typically only offered through, you know, pendant devices in the home. Right. Well, we started offering those through the cell phone by having a specialized button on the cell phone. That really opened up the market to more people who are saying, yeah, I w- I'm not really interested in one of those pendants, but yeah, if I can get access to that service right through my, through my cell phone or smartphone, like yep. that's appealing to me. So we really started expanding that market. And then then moving into other uh, other capabilities now like with fall detection and using predictive analytics to determine what's happening with the senior and then apps for the caregiver. That was a huge uh, milestone for us was launching our great call link app, which goes into the hands of the caregiver and allows them to see how their mom and dad are doing um, and stay comfortable knowing that they're doing all right or getting notified if there's issues that they should be concerned about. Fantastic. Is the cell phone still an important part of the platform or are there now other pieces of hardware that are that are involved in the process? Well, we yeah, we have no the 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 flip phone is still important to a very large segment of older seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is their preferred mode of engaging and for for us we've always felt like give as many choices as you can to the senior to interface with whatever technology they feel most comfortable with. So if it's a smartphone, great. If it's a flip phone, great. If it's a pendant, great. We now have wearables that you can get our access to our services through any, you know, Android or Apple smartphone by getting our wearable, downloading our app. So now we're available through other people's smartphones as well. So our goal is to always be expanding how you can get access to these health and safety services that are going to help you uh, stay independent and help the caregiver have peace of mind that you're doing okay. It sounds sort of the uh, like the ultimate meet them where they are approach. Exactly. So talk to me a little bit about the activities of daily living. I know that that's something that uh, that I've read about in my research. Tell me about what that means as a as a part of your platform and approach. Yeah, so that is another uh, opportunity that we moved into. If You know, uh, telemedicine has been a lot focused on vitals monitoring over mm-hmm. the years, and as we know, that's had some struggles really getting traction. And I'm just a big believer on there's two reasons why that's the case. One is the place where the most value can be achieved in remote monitoring is with the senior population. Um, and secondly, is that if you are going to be providing technology and a service to the senior population, you want to minimize the amount of behavior change that you are expecting 
the the subscriber or the um, the customer to have to undergo, right, in order to adopt and engage with the service. Because remote monitoring services don't work if the customer, you know, doesn't engage with the service or want it to be there or have mm-hmm. to change so much that the service doesn't work because they don't understand how a Bluetooth monitor is going to connect, um, uh, you know, glucose, a glucometer is going to connect to a, a home hub or a Bluetooth scale or a blood pressure uh, meter that they're like, wait a minute, I've been using the same blood pressure meter for the last five years. I don't want to change to some Bluetooth meter. Like, change is hard. So ADL monitoring, which is activities of daily living monitoring, really is about putting sensors in the home that are unobtrusive and they are collecting data about the senior. Did they get out of bed? Did they leave the house? Did they open the fridge? Did they go into the bathroom? Did they go into the kitchen? And taking that information back and being able to analyze it to look for issues that would raise concerns for mm-hmm. um, for the healthcare company that is managing the well-being of that senior population. And does that include the the caregiver? You know, you mentioned the the. Um caregiver app that's such an important it was such an important uh, add to the protocol are the caregivers a part of that uh, activities of daily living that ADL monitoring as well uh, the caregivers are not currently but they are going to be very soon so oh. the family caregiver app actually has in it uh, an, its own artificial intelligence engine that is looking at data uh, coming from the other devices like GPS location whether the whether the pendant is charged, whether your phone is charged, things like mm-hmm. that. But we haven't gotten the ADL components into the caregiver app yet, but that's going to be coming very soon. Interesting. So tell me about the, I guess, the use case around the ADL. When you talk about the, you know, the company that has an interest in caring for that senior and, and having the ability to monitor, um, you know, presumably not just the activities in isolation, but the pattern and uh, the routine and anomalies in the pattern. Typically, who is that company and what's their relationship with the senior? So these are mostly pairs that are managed care providers, uh, so managed care pairs. So they're taking the financial risk. Some of them might be integrated into uh, into providing the service as well. But typically what the main issue is, is that what they don't want, so they typically will have a, a group of case managers that are managing these higher risk seniors. Um, and they're involved and trying to keep track of a, you know, each care manager has a large panel of patients they're trying to manage and monitor and try to keep well. And, um, and so the last thing you want to do is take these case managers and overwhelm them with information, right? right? The case managers do not want the data feeds. They don't want all of the information. And unfortunately, that's where you see a lot of products have gone in the past is overwhelming them with information, overwhelming them with false alarms. That makes their job harder, more complicated. They'd rather just have, you know, try to have a phone conversation with the seniors if that's going to be the case. So what we've done is we have developed these predictive capabilities uh, because we've been now doing this for so long and have more data on monitoring of seniors, uh, of ADL monitoring of seniors than probably anybody in the country. And we've been able to, because of that large data set, been able to develop the ability to properly 
predict when issues are arising with the senior. And in some cases, that's been because we've worked with partners that we've had um, partnership in sharings of the claims data so that mm-hmm. we can also improve that predictive capability. And, and to be clear, predictive is not just looking at trends and saying, well, a doctor says if, you, um, you know, if you've been going into the bathroom this many times, that might be an issue uh, in a in a 24-hour period. Um, that's not good enough. I mean, you can have some clinical guidance, but what we do is we actually look at the historical patterns of the individual, but we're also looking at the historical patterns of like people in our database mm-hmm. to see what would be considered normal. Because, you know, what's considered normal for a frail senior might not be considered normal for just a general clinical protocol of how often somebody should be walking into the bathroom or opening the fridge. Sure. So we're very, uh, we have all of these different data sets, both population data sets, individual data sets, time-based data sets, um, and that's how we can really be, do a better job of making sure that when we are concerned about something, that it's fairly uh, accurate that it is going to be an issue. But then we take one step further and we actually have our own triage agents that we put in place in between the case manager uh, actually picking up the the note. And what that does is that that triage person has been trained to be able to talk with the senior and try to draw out the information of what might be going wrong and further eliminate any false alarms, Mm. but also so that when they do then talk to the case manager, they're providing uh, some insight into what is actually happening. So when the case manager follows up, they have the information they need, they know it's a valid issue, and they can get to the bottom of it quickly and keep that person out of the hospital. Fascinating. All right, you've teed up like nine subjects, I think, for the back half of this interview, David. Um, we're going to take a quick break right now, though, and we will be right back to dive deeper into Great Call with David Inns. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Spire, a full-service digital marketing agency focused on complex and highly regulated industries of healthcare, senior living, and financial services. Rapid changes in the healthcare industry are causing consumers to seek out trusted advice, demand more transparency and access to information and content. With over 30 years of healthcare experience, Blue Spire knows how to help you reach, communicate with, and gain trust from these consumers. We help you engage with the right content at every touchpoint, from the first symptom search to appointment scheduling through care management. Visit us at bluespiremarketing.com to learn how we can help you deliver relevant, engaging content through ever-changing touchpoints that matter. Welcome back to Datapoint. I'm your host, Greg Matthews, and we're here today with David Inns, the CEO of Great Call. David, before we went into the break, you were talking to us about the fascinating uh, monitoring platform, the Activities of Daily Living monitoring platform. And I want to make sure that uh, it's really clear what that looks like and feels like. Do you have some examples of kind of common use cases uh, where, where that uh, ADL becomes really useful? Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, so we call our ADL monitoring platform Lively Home. And, um, you know, I was actually just listening, listening to a triage call. That's our agent doing a follow-up on a kind of alert that our system has identified. Um, and I thought it was very interesting how this works and why it's so hard to do this 
properly, both from an alerting and then a follow-up perspective. So um, the alert was that the kitchen activity uh, of this older senior um, was declining, had declined pretty significantly uh, over a two to three day period. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, like, if you actually saw the alert, you would be like, wow, that seems amazing that all of a sudden it would just drop off, you know, something must be wrong or you know, maybe the person has been eating out more. I mean, so there's a lot of things that could be checked checked upon. Mm. So our triage agent does this call, and I hear it. Um, and basically, the it, the discussion starts off with, you know, how are you feeling? Because you don't want to call and be like, hey, why haven't you been in your kitchen? <laughs> I mean, that's not going to work. Um, so, right. So it, it's more of a conversation to try to just make them feel like, everything's fine, but we just want to check in on you. Is everything going okay? Yep. And the, the, the customer is saying, yeah, everything's great. I'm great. And you're like, oh, um, you know, and your eating habits are fine. Yeah, eating habits are great. Okay. Um, you know, so there's been no issues with uh, appetite or a, well, actually, now that you say it, I haven't been hungry at all in days. <laughs> and huh. you're like, oh, my gosh, you hear how, like, and that, identification of that issue. And I'm not going to get into what the diagnosis could be or sure. whatever the other components would be, but that's what's so amazing about it. You don't have to diagnose it, but somebody who isn't eating for three days and isn't hungry for three days, there is something very serious going on with that person and they need help. Right. And so that's when we issue that note to the case manager, identifying exactly what's going on and what the issue is, and then let that healthcare company go into their protocols to keep that person safe and healthy. And so what, what ends up happening is instead of that person ending up in the hospital after another couple of days or ending up in long-term care because they've completely, you know, had a major health episode that they go from hospital into long-term care for six months, mm -hmm. instead what might happen is a, a nurse visit, a medication change, um, which are much less expensive procedures to lower the healthcare cost. The customer's happy because they didn't have a high cost health care episode, which landed them in the hospital and in long-term care. So oh, yeah. it's, it's the perfect trifecta that really solves the problem for everyone and reduces costs at the same problem. Can you tell me a little bit about the triage agents uh, at Great Call? Who are those people? Are are they clinicians? Are they uh, you know geriatric experts? Who 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 are the people that that perform that really important role? We um, we look for people who are caring and kind and are uh, are open to be trained in our methods of having these discussions. They, they do not need to be um, they do not need to be nurses and they do not need to be uh, formal clinical employees. It's uh, it's so interesting and I'm I'm guessing that that role probably has had some evolution over time. You talked about the fact that you know you don't if you're a, a clinical nurse case manager uh, for an insurance company, you don't want alarm bells going off, you know, nine times an hour. Um, and so having that, uh, I guess that intermediary there makes an awful lot of sense. I want to, I want to go deeper there though, because I'm guessing that triage person isn't helped by having alarms go off nine times an hour either, which speaks to some of the predictive analytics and some of the some of the uh, intelligence that's applied within that on the fly data analysis that's happening that 
really is able to pick out the patterns that are true anomalies and potentially dangerous. Uh, am I reading that correctly? Yeah, that's that's correct as well. Um, you've, you've got to have a good predictive analytics engine or else you will not be efficient at this. If, if we're having to follow up on too many, um, too many alarms, then the entire service will not be efficient. Uh, but if you're following up on too few and you're missing them, then it, then it won't work. So there is a sweet spot of where you're getting it. Um, you know, you're never going to be perfect when you're dealing with statistics, but that's the thing with managed care. It's about managing, it's about managing a portfolio of patients, right? So we, so we, um, you know, we can look at a, at a hundred patients and we can very quickly determine who are the 10 that should be spoken with today. Mm. Whereas the way it works, if you're flying blind is you're looking at your hundred patients and how do you pick which one to talk to today? Right. You know, by their disease state, by how, how long it's been since you last talked to them, you know, instead of what is the most important thing, which is something is going wrong with this person. Somebody needs to talk to them today. How does the, how does the senior typically respond to that situation? I would imagine that if you shown the worst possible light on it, it could feel intrusive, you know, to have uh, the kind of devices uh, around the home uh, that you described. But how do seniors actually respond to it, generally speaking? Yeah, I would say, um, obviously, the only places we install it are where they have agreed and understand exactly what is happening. Sure. Um, So being a larger company with a history that they have heard of, uh, really helps in ensuring that everything that is happening is private and it is uh, for their own well-being. Mm-hmm. And that is the only reason that this is being done. And it's, you know, you're for the senior that doesn't like it, um, you know, then they, we're not going to install. And so it right. doesn't get installed. So I think the ones that we get it into their homes, they've already understood it. They agree to it. They're comfortable with it. And then they just get even more comfortable with it over time as we're doing these follow-ups. But that's why it's so important that the triage agent is trained in how to do those phone calls to mm. not raise alarm bells with the senior that somehow their privacy is uh, being violated, right. which it is not because this is all about the well-being of the senior. Completely makes sense. Now, if I am a senior today, it sounds like one of the major components of the model is that typically managed care is providing this for their members. Is it possible for a senior to access this kind of services on their own? So currently we do not offer it direct to consumers, but that is something that we are are looking at aggressively. And to, to that end, I've, I've been really curious. Um, many of our listeners will know that Best Buy acquired Great Call uh, last year as a part of their transformation from a product only to a product plus service marketplace. I'm curious if you can tell us about why that made sense for Best Buy. Why did that make sense for Great Call? Uh, and what does it ultimately mean for the, the beneficiaries of your service? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I guess I'll start why it made sense for Best Buy. I mean, as you've probably been reading, 
there's uh, the CEO of Best Buy, Hubert Jolie, has talked a lot about the transformation uh, of the company into really being about enriching people's lives through technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so not uh, just about the technology itself, but how it's how it can be used to enrich people's lives. Um, and he's very passionate about this, and that obviously implies moving more into services. Um, and so looking at health, uh, and particularly seniors, uh, a vulnerable pro- population that has been left behind on having their lives enriched with technology would make uh, a lot of sense to, to start focusing on as, uh, as an opportunity um, and as a mission-driven opportunity. I mean, it's amazing coming to work every day and not only, you know, creating uh, a real business, but also saving people's lives and, and helping those in need is, a, is an amazing combination. So mm-hmm. that is, I think, how it fit into the vision of Best Buy um, is us, you know, combining our power to really make this work for even more seniors. So that's when I look at myself, why does it make so much sense for Great Call is you know, even though a lot of people have heard of us, I mean, you mentioned yourself earlier in this podcast, you weren't aware of all the things we were doing. Um, You know, Best Buy brings that scale and awareness to us that is amazing. I mean, it's really helping us accelerate our growth, both in the stores, uh, now Geek Squad doing all of our installations of our lively home ADL monitoring, um, which is amazing. And so, having access to that, that ability to now touch the senior in their home is priceless. You know, a lot of people don't realize, like, the long-term services budget in the United States has now surpassed that more, more than 50% of long-term expenditures, long-term service expenditures are taking place in the home. Wow. And so I believe that, you know, this is an amazing combination that we've had a lot of um, what we call our caring centers, where we can, we've become experts at helping seniors over the phone. We've never had that ability to now help seniors in their home. Wow. Um, and that is an amazing thing of the combination of Best Buy and Great Call. It feels like every, every topic we touch on could grow into uh, a podcast in and of itself. David, I am, first of all, so grateful to you for spending so much time with us here to, to get us up to speed on the incredible things that are happening with Great Call. As we do that, uh, we know that there's been so much change over the last uh, you know, 10, 12, 13 years that the, the company's been around. But as you look forward and you see you know, where you could be heading in the future, whether it's a result of the partnership with Best Buy or uh, integration of new technologies or other hardware partners, give us a sense of what some of the exciting things are that you see for the future of your business. We are just great surface in Connect Health and what it can do for, uh, for, for everybody, but particularly for the senior population and their family caregivers who are mm-hmm. under a lot of strain and are going to continue to be under more and more strain. Um, to me, the most important thing is predictive analytics. And we talked a lot about this, about activities of day, daily living, but that, you know, that requires sensors in the home and uh, some things that might be inconvenient for a large number of seniors, and you actually have to install them. So when I think of the future, I think of being able to use predictive analytics um, through just through a variety of ways of interacting so that if the senior is consenting to have their information used, you know, having a, there's companies who can predict 
the onset of depression using a sample of, uh, of a senior's voice um, and comparing that to past samples and changing in changes in that. Um, you know, we could be using social media platforms. We can be using the use of uh, public services. We could be using all sorts of information that if we could collect all of that information in a uh, private, safe, compliant way that has been agreed to by the senior, we could get ahead of issues long before they become serious health episodes. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing for me and I think for the future of what we're trying to do is if we can get ahead of these issues before they become expensive health episodes, mm -hmm. it helps the senior, it helps the healthcare system, and it helps the caregiver. It reduces everyone's stress level and it saves costs all at the same time. It's, it's like a home run of how technology can be used to win. Fantastic. And it, it, it makes so much sense. It's, it, when you say that we've only uh, scratched the surface, boy, you're right. There's so much data out there that could help point us in good directions and probably some things that we haven't even imagined yet. But uh, it's really, it is great to know that you and, uh, and Great Call are thinking about these things and, and making them real, I think, so much more rapidly than, than most of us ever imagined. Thank you for being here, David. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you at the uh, American Telemedicine Association's annual meeting uh, in a couple of weeks here. Yeah, just really congratulations on your success and, uh, and good luck for, for the future. Thank you for having me, Greg. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the Data Point podcast. If you like what you've heard, please do rate, review, and share it with your social network. It means a lot. And if you have ideas for show topics or guests, please email them to me at greg at healthquant.health or send a direct message to at Chai Moose on Twitter. That's C-H-I-M-O-O-S-E on Twitter. For more information about this show or any of the terrific healthcare podcasts in the Touchpoint Media Network, check them out at touchpoint.health. See you next time. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.